Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, we thank you for praying as well for Pastor Josh as he's preaching in San Antonio this morning at Place for Life. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight, burden, and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience. Say that word. Patience. The race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our text will come from verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. I'm going to preach this message entitled today, Weary and Waiting, Weeping and Waiting, but Still Walking. Say that with me. Weeping and waiting, but still walking. Father, bless our time together. Illuminate the eyes of our understanding. Let the spirit of encouragement run through this building today lift up the hearts of these your people lift up the heads of these your people father we praise you for the great things that shall transpire in just the next few moments of time every curse is broken any generational spirit is dismissed have your way let's give him praise one more time before we sit down shall we Look at your neighbor and tell them it's on in the building and then you may be seated. In my prayer time, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I will minister to my people today. This morning, I was praying and I heard the Holy Spirit saying, I will minister to my people today. The Lord is going to touch you today. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be prolific. And you're going to leave here encouraged. People are weary. You can see it on faces. If you've taken note, even young people look tired. If you go to the store, People look concerned. Most people are worried. But people in general are weary. Our text says, consider him lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. I thought about that word weary. See, there's a difference in being tired and being weary. We get tired when we don't get enough rest. Uh -huh. 
If you don't get enough sleep, you get tired. But you get weary from the struggle. You get weary from the conflict. You get weary from the fight. You get weary when facing resistance long enough. Tired is connected to your physical body. But weary is connected to your soul, your mind, your spirit. Weary or to become weary is the result of the toil and the toll from life. The toil of life and the toll from life. To be weary, weariness is exhaustion. It's the loss of strength that is induced by fatigue. As I studied this word in its etymology, I found a new word that I added to my vocabulary. And the word is lassitude. I had never heard that word, lassitude. But it fits so strategically when connected to the word weary. Lassitude is uneasiness proceeding from continued waiting. Uneasiness that proceeds from continued waiting. Lassitude, disappointed expectation. Lassitude, exhausted patience. So I came up with my own phrase. Spiritual fatigue. Spiritual fatigue or spiritual weariness. What is that, Pastor Rick? Here's my definition. It's the lack of strength to push forward. Spiritual fatigue or spiritual weariness, the lack of strength to push forward. It's the feeling of being drained. It's the feeling of being defeated. The feeling of being despondent. The idea of being sick of it. Lassitude. I wrote this down that in my mind, there are five things that cause spiritual weariness. Number one is conflict or constant contradiction. Five things that cause spiritual weariness or spiritual fatigue. Number one is constant conflict or constant contradiction. Number two is loss, not just loss. But loss after loss after loss after loss. Talking to you about spiritual fatigue, spiritual weariness. Number three is illness. Not just illness, but persistent illness. When it seems like sickness is around you more than health is around you. Spiritual fatigue. Number four is lack of control causes spiritual weariness or spiritual fatigue. What do you mean lack of control? When you cannot control the outcome or the condition of the situation. 
When you cannot control the outcome or the condition of the situation, it's lack of control that causes spiritual fatigue. Finally, number five, spiritual weariness is unmet expectations. When you thought one thing was going to happen and it went the other way. When that happens enough times, our spirit gets weary. Paul knew this. Thus he said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Lest you be what? Wearied and faint in your mind. See, there's no one in here so full of faith that you do not have the possibility of fainting. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the New Living Translation reads like this. Jesus said, come to me. All who are weary, and I will give you rest. He literally says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest. For your souls, come to me, all ye that are weary. Notice what he did not say. He did not say, come to me and I will take you out of the conflict. He did not say, come to me and when you come to me, the battle will be over. He didn't say that. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Study it yourself. The word rest in the Greek means to cause or permit you to cease from any movement or to cease from any labor in order that you can recover your strength and be refreshed before you carry on. So when Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest, he already knew that you would be facing burdens in life that you would be facing times in life that you would get weary. And he said, at that moment, come to me. Stop moving. Stop laboring. Allow me to refresh you so that you can continue on or so that you can carry on. Hmm. I find it interesting that we do not Really take that scripture as serious as maybe we should. Because I think many times we carry on and never come to Jesus. Truth be told, you must ask yourself, how many times a day do you put a pause on everything you're doing and you just sit at the feet of Jesus in his presence, worship him, and allow him to refresh you. The writer says, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. We understand weariness now, at least to some degree. When you go back and listen to this again, you'll understand it better. But he said, if you don't handle weariness right, 
you'll end up fainting. Fainting is the result of staying weary too long. Boy, I hope y'all are tracking with me. Because I'm saying more than you talking about amen for. Fainting is the result of staying weary too long. Say it again. Fainting is the result of staying weary too long. Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds to weaken, faint, to be exhausted, to be enfeebled through exhaustion, or to be tired out. It literally means to loosen the grip of your hand, to loosen the grip of your hand, or to give up what you've been holding on to. See, God knows, the Lord knows. When a person or a people are about to faint. Preach here, Pastor Rick. The Lord knows when a person or a people are about to faint. When I was praying about this today, I heard God say, I'm about to give my people a reason to hold on. God knows that our grip, many people, your grip is starting to loosen because that one was not healed that you prayed for. Because that thing didn't turn out like you prayed it would turn out. And now you're beginning to question things. Now your whole history with God is suddenly suspect to the circumstance that you are now facing. And the truth be told, the church is being shaken to its core. And now we're trying to find out who's going to make it through this turbulence. Who's going to make it through this tribulation, if you will. Who's going to last through the trial. Jesus knows exactly where you are in your walk. And the Lord brought my attention to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 that when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. In chapter 15, verse 32, he says, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now for three days. They've had nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. God knows exactly where you are. I want you to know that in this passage in Matthew, that he not only healed them, but he filled them. He gave them some fuel. He gave them something to run on. I hear the Holy Spirit saying even now, that if you will stay disciplined to your devotion, to your destiny, that God will come along in the nick of time. I heard a song one time that said, I almost let go. I almost gave up. I almost let my grip slip. I almost said, he's just not gonna do it. But suddenly a word came to my soul. In the nick of time, and it made me change the whole tone and the whole tenure of my faith. 
I came by with a determination today that many people even in this building, I see it on your face, you are fatigued. I see it in your visage, you are tired. Many of you are weary from your walk. And I came by to tell you that God and only God alone can turn that thing around. And even though you've gone through things you do not understand, even though it didn't work out like you wanted it to work out, God is about to give you a word that's going to make you want to go on in your faith. If anyone in here is hungry for a word, I dare you to give God praise right now. God not only knows how far you have come, but God knows how far you got to go. God not only knows everything you've ever been through, but God also knows everything you're about to go through. And your situation has not jeopardized his plan for your life. I came by to encourage you today. There's too much despondency. There's too much discouragement. There's too much depression. And the people of God has got to find an antidote for this downward spiral that we all find in ourselves on. And somebody got to Lift up their heads, O ye gates, and the king of glory. Turn me up a little bit right here, brother. The king of glory shall come in. Tell your neighbor, don't give up now. Your best is still in front of you. Tell somebody he's going to tighten your grip today. I need you to look at three. Stand on your feet and tell three people around you. He's about to tighten your grip today. Come on, tell him. Point your finger at him and tell him. He's about to tighten your grip today. Woo! They didn't hear you. Tell three more people. He's about to tighten your grip today. Woo! So, y'all can be seated. I feel the Holy Ghost here. So I say, Lord, what is the antidote? Say it again, Lord. What is the antidote? Now let me show you what God showed me. He said, challenge it. What you do not challenge will never change. I said, Lord, how dare you to tell us to challenge the condition in this land? How dare you to tell us to challenge the condition of all the depression we see around us? And the Lord said, if you don't challenge it, it will never change. And I came here to tell you, challenge it. How do you challenge it? You got to read the whole chapter. I have been two months in Hebrews 12. And Hebrews 12 has been wearing me out. So I found the answer in verse number 12 of Hebrews 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. In other words, other people are depending on your fortitude. Other people are watching you. So in other words, when everybody else is down, depressed, and despondent, all we need is one sanctified somebody that will stand up and say, I am in no way's time. Tell your neighbor, I am in no ways tired. Shoo. Somebody shall lift up your hands. 
When I start studying it, the word lift up there means it signifies the idea of setting it up again. Helping somebody to establish them, to raise up one who is down. The hands which hang down. The hands that hang down is the hands that have relaxed the grip. There's over 40 scriptures in the Bible that says lift up your hands. Over 40 times the Bible says lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. You know you can tell when people are really worshiping. Because the first they want they, for thing they want to do is the Holy Ghost start moving in the building. You can be sitting down, but your hands gonna go up. What I need is everybody in the building to throw up your hands right now. Let somebody see your strength. Let somebody see your strength. See, let somebody see your strength. See, when your hands is raised, everybody looking. Go through the airport and see somebody throw both hands up. Everybody's going to look like what's going on. And what the people of God need in this hour is somebody that will lift up your hands. Isaiah says it like this in chapter 35, verse 3. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come. The New Living Translation reads it like this. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands, who are loosening the grip, and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong! And do not fear! What we need is people of God in this hour that will look at people who are scared, depressed, discouraged, despondent and shout to them as loud as you can be strong do not fear say it with me come on be boy y'all ain't shouting that shout it come on be strong do not Everything in this hour says be perplexed. Everything in this hour says be worried. Everything in this hour says be afraid. But the people of God have got to talk to one another. We have got to tell each other, come on, don't lose your grip. God has done too much for you all of your life. Don't want, let one event to throw you off course. Don't let one experience to derail your destiny. Be strong. It's a beautiful thing. Because the picture is Moses on the side of the mountain and he's tired. He's fatigued with his own people. They have wore him out. But Joshua is in the valley with a sword. Moses is on a mountain with a staff. Joshua is in the valley with a sword. When Moses' hands would go down, the enemy would start defeating Joshua. And somebody said, we got to help the man out. Let's go lift up his weak hands for him. 
and Aaron and her that come from Levi and Judah. Levi is worshipers. Judah is praisers. When praise and worship shows up, they will lift your hands until what you're fighting in the valley is won on the mountain. I wish I had somebody that could hear me here. We've got to get behind people and say, brother, when you can't praise and when you can't worship, we're going to hold your hands up for you until your praise comes back, until your worship comes back, because your victory is in your hands being lifted. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up because I don't know if you want it as bad as I'm trying to give it to you. I'm going to end it like this. Tell your neighbor, I might get weary, but fainting is not an option. Oh, they didn't hear you. Tell them again, I might get weary, but fainting is not an option. Tell somebody else, I might get weary, but fainting. Tell them again, but fainting is not an option. I might get weary, but fainting is not. And I, I might get weary, but fainting is not an option. Fainting is not in the plan. Fainting is not gonna work. Fainting ain't coming to my life. I might get weary, but fainting is not an option. said Luke 18 1 men ought always pray and not faint he didn't say you won't get weary but he said men should always and not lose your prayer life lose your prayer life and you will faint Lose your prayer life, you'll lose your grip. Lose your prayer life, you'll lose your mind. Lose your prayer life, you'll lose your spirit. But when you pray, really pray, fainting is not an option. Tell your neighbor, get your prayer life back. See, if we would pray as much as we post, if we would pray as much as we post, if we would pray as much as we post, we would see more strength and less fatigue. Pray. Yeah. Isaiah 40, sit down one more time because we're about to run. Isaiah 40. Woo. 
You know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Boy, if I was a sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled Christian, which I am, I would come to Quest Church. If you can't get happy up in here, if you can't get encouraged up in here, tell your neighbor you in the house of hope today. You in the house of hope. They didn't hear you tell your other neighbor, you are in the house of hope. Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Even young people faint and they are weary and young men fall, but I'm sorry, I got to walk around a minute. This thing all over me, I got to walk around. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew. There's weary people in the building. There are people that have fainted in the building. But there are people who've been waiting. And I came by to tell you they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Woo. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and what? Not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Let me, let me break it down for you. I want to inform you. Tell them, River. Tell them, River. Listen. I want to inform you. You're going to run more than you're going to fly. And you're going to walk more than you're going to run. Get used to it. Think about life. Do you wake up in the morning? Run to your coffee. Running in place. Then you run to the shower. You get in the shower and you run in. And then you put your clothes on. While you running and you run to your car. You put your car on cruise control. And your feet are running in the car. Run, Mike. Run and not be weary. Somebody shout, challenge it. The fact is, we don't do that. I don't do that. Now, Madeline and Giovanna do that in the garage working out every morning. God bless them. I pray for them. I'm wore out just from that. But we're going to run more than we're going to fly. We're going to walk more than we're going to run. Am I right about it? Don't feel bad because you're just walking right now. Don't feel bad that you're not flying. 
that you're just running right now. Because the fact is, we do all three in different seasons. Talk back to Pastor Rick today. He said they, that what? Say it. Let me say this to you. Patience always strengthens your position. Stay in there, Sherry. Stay in that intercessor's room. Patience always strengthens your position. Patience. Always, say it again, Pastor Rick, strengthens your position. Patience always strengthens your position. Somebody shall wait. It means to look eagerly with hope and expectation. When you're waiting, it doesn't mean you're dead. It doesn't mean you're dormant. When you're waiting, you're looking eagerly with hope and expectation. God, I might be on pause right now, but my praise is still real high. I might be waiting right now, but my worship is still real high. Woo. See, you don't know if you're in shape until you try running. You don't know if you fit until you go for a three mile, three mile walk. So challenge it. God said if you're weary, practice running. Y'all not hearing me. I'm trying to help you here. If you're weary, practice running. If you're faint, practice walking. I say, Lord, where are we at? He said, my people are in a walking mode. It means to advance step by step, making a little headway or just a little advancement. The Lord said to Moses, you will drive them out little by little. Some of y'all trying to run the devil out of here and we ain't gonna run him out of here. We gonna walk that devil right out of our life because he's trying to stop your progress. You might not fly, you might not run, but walk him right out. Just take one step, one step. If you take one, you can take another one. Whew. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For if he sows to his flesh, he'll reap corruption. If he sows to the spirit, he'll reap everlasting life. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we... He didn't say if you get weary. He said you will reap if you faint not. God allows for tiredness. He don't allow for faintness. I know you get tired, but I refuse to let you give up. I'm going to say it again. This is what God is saying to his people. This is a prophetic word. I know you tired, but I refuse to let you give up. I know it didn't work out like you wanted it to work out, but I refuse to let you quit. J. 
Jeremiah says in 31:25, I, here's your promise. Somebody shout, here's my promise. God says, I will refresh the weary and I will satisfy the faint. I will refresh the weary and I will satisfy the faint. How many of you, many of you know me, some of you don't. We've been to eat with John and Susie and feel like we know them a little bit. We're getting to know them better. A few of you, we know a few of you. David knows us. David and Darlene know us probably as good as anybody in here. How many of you know how much I love my wife? Probably don't. Well, I'm telling you I love my wife. See, my wife is the youngest in her family. And Giovanna's used to getting things that she wants. And River's saying amen. And I'm, I'm going to say this, babe, to encourage you. I watched, I watched my wife go through 80 days of prayer and fasting and intercession. Preach, boy. I did everything I could do, Tyler, to encourage her. Anything I did, she took it in the mode of you're trying to cushion me for something that's not going to happen. My daddy is going to be healed. You could not tell her that was not going to happen. When her dad passed, I watched her closely because I knew the blow. I've been there four times. Losing a mom, a dad, my oldest brother, my oldest sister. And it shakes you to the core. And no matter how holy we are, and no matter how much we fast, we scratch our head and we say, God, did I not have enough faith? Could you not heal my dad? That's normal. Did you hear me? It's normal to say those things. Don't be a weirdo and think you shouldn't say that stuff. The fact is we do say it. Is something wrong in my life that my dad didn't live? And it messes with us. And every time I saw her loosen, this was my prayer. Wait, Giovanna, wait on the Lord. He's going to renew your grip. It's okay. Ask him questioning, complain to him, fuss at him, tell him you're not happy, but don't you lose that grip. Cry. Cry until your guts hurt. Cry until your sides are agonizing you. Cry until you have no more voice. Cry until there's no more tears, but don't you lose your grip. And the enemy is attacking on every hand, trying to get God's people to 
questioned and loose, loosened our grip. I came by for one agenda today to tell you wait. Hold on. Don't let go. Lift those hands. Lift those hands.